Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Thank you very much. (laughs) Good morning, all. Why don't we bow our heads and pray? Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, we pray that you, you speak. That you speak your word, Lord. As you wish for us to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So it's an honor to stand before you this morning to share the word of God. And I would like to share with you from the book of Exodus. That's Exodus chapter 12 from verse 1 to 13. If you've got your Bibles, that's Exodus 12, but it will come up there as well. From verse 1 to 13. Okay, and I'll start reading. Say amen if you've got it, those with their Bibles. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for the whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with that with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them for the sheep, from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning, If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals. And I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you 
when I strike Egypt. May God bless his word. Amen. And so it is a time here when the children of Israel are still in Egypt. It's a very popular story. They lived in Egypt for a very long time. And God had promised Abraham that you will have a promised land called Canaan. But they found themselves, Abraham's descendants, held captive in Egypt, if you like. And so they were under slavery. But where we find them now, where we started reading, it is a moment of change. A time God came to them. He came, he spoke to Moses and said, I've heard the cry of my people. And so he sent Moses and said, go and deliver them from the hand of Pharaoh. I want to take them to the promised land, the land I've promised their forefathers. And so this is happening now as we are reading. Moses is in Egypt. Before this moment, there's been nine plagues, if you like, miracles. Pharaoh and Moses outdoing each other, showing each other who is strong. But in all the nine miraculous acts, if you like, Pharaoh hardens his heart. He does not want them to go. And so at this point in time, God is saying they're going now. He tells Moses, this will be the first month of your year. In other words, you are starting your new year. A year begins now. You're going. It's happening. You're going. And so as we read, God gives instructions. It seems a very short time now. Things are happening. It's intense. But really, it's been a long journey for them. But here, God is saying you're going. Now, before you go, he gives them instructions. This is what you ought to do. He tells them to get a lamb, one-year-old male. On the 14th day, they've got to kill it. When they kill it, they've got to sprinkle its blood on their doorpost. They have to eat the meat of that lamb. It had to be roasted. They could not boil it. They could not eat it raw. It had to be roasted. They had to eat it. In a certain way. God said, when, whilst you are eating it, your cloaks have got to be tugged on your belts. Your sandals have got to be on. Your walking sticks should be in your hands when you eat the meat. Eat in haste because you are going. So this is the story we just read here. And so this morning I thought, has the children of Israel found themselves in Egypt? I don't think many of them had a choice of where to live. They were born in Egypt. If you look back, Joseph starts this generation who settles in Egypt. It was a good time. Pharaoh promoted him. His family came to join him and they just grew. 
So a lot of these Israelites would have been born there. But somehow they found themselves under slavery. So I thought about our lives. That we were born in this world. I don't know anyone who can raise their hand and say, I chose to be born. I told my mom I want to be born. You were born. Whether you liked it or not. We found ourselves, we are here. My friends, God chose you. You were chosen to be in this world. You were chosen to be sitting where you're sitting. There is no coincidence. We can be clever all we want. We can explain things all we want. But you've been chosen. Somehow as we've been chosen to live in this world, things happen. The Israelites were under slavery, under the strong thumb of Pharaoh. We just got jealous because they were growing as a population. Around us, things happen. The world is painful. We get hurt. Powers which are bigger and higher than us decide things that affect our lives. People in our lives make choices that hurt us. But we are in this world. But I want to remind ourselves this morning. As God came to Moses and told them, the children, children of Israel, and say, Get prepared. This is not your home. Your home is the promised land of Canaan. My friends, this is not a home. I want to remind us this morning. As painful as it is, we live in it. Things happen around us. We have got no explanations for it. We try to reason. We can't. We cry out to God. But also I came to remind you this morning. This world is not our home. It is not. So that's the first point. We can learn from this story. If you can tell someone next to you and say, this world is not my home. Could you do that? Probably for some of us, it's new. We never thought about it. When we leave, we just look at the next day or we can't even think about it. This is it. And it's, it's dark. Do not despair. God came to the children of Israel. If you look at the way they ate the meat, there are people who know that we've got to dress to go. Their clocks are tugged in their belts. Their sandals are on. They've got their walking sticks. They're eating the meat. 
There are people dressed for a journey. There are people dressed to go. And I wonder in our lives, if we know really this is not it. Somewhere is our eternal home. How do we live? How do we live in this world? Philippians 3.20 says this. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. So we are sojourners. We are living temporarily. We are passing by. Jesus says this in John 14 verse 1 to 4. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I not, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back and take you to be, I'll and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. There's so much in the Bible that talks about our eternal home. Here Jesus is comforting his disciples. He knew he had to leave them in this world to carry on the mission. He comforts them and says, do not be troubled though you are living in this world. But where I'm going, I'm going to prepare you a place for you, and I'll come back to take you. It's all very clear. He comforted them. Do not be troubled. My friends, I came to share with you this morning. Do not be troubled. It's all temporary. It sees now. Job summed it up. This life is so short, the life in this world. Boy, is full of trouble. But do not be troubled. Jesus Christ is gone to prepare a place for us. But also he's coming back to get us. May God encourage you and just to remember. I remember few years ago, I came to Europe to study. And um, just a year into my studies, I encountered a situation and I thought, I've just been, I've not been treated right. There was such a culture shock as well and I just did not like that, the way things happened at that point in time. And I, I took it to heart. And I remember calling my mom in distress and I'm complaining about it. I want her to listen. I don't really know what I wanted her to say, but there you go. I just had to rant about it. And she listened and she listened as I went and on and on and on and on about it. Then she just said to me, I want you to remember what you went there for. 
And I'm thinking, okay, again, say something. She didn't. Remember what you went there for. So we came off the phone and I just thought about it. I thought, what kind of a mother says that? <laughs> why, can't, why can't she just say, yes, it's not fair, you know. Agree with me. But as wise as my mother was, she was quite right. I had to remember what I came there for. A few years of study. But what was happening is I thought I have to focus on something or else. Fight for my rights. What's been done unfair to me, I've got to sort it out. It's well and good that we speak up when things are not fair. But sometimes it's to look at, is it important or not? Because of the people around me, they're feeding into it. Oh, you need to do this and that. I'm thinking, I should do it. But my mother reminded me, remember what you went there for. It would have been funny or weird if I went back home without the certificate I went to study for. Go to an employer and say, I came to look for a job. But I haven't got the certificate. Or I can tell, yes, I went to Europe to study. Well, what have you got to show for it? Nothing. Why? Because I got into a situation and I thought I have to sort it out. And so my focus was not on my studies. I don't know if the employer would have the patience to listen to that. They'll think I'm foolish. But in that moment, as my mother said those words, I had to remember, I had to sober myself. That, yes, actually, I came here to study. What I'm going to start involving myself with, my focus will be lost on my studies. I will end up spending three years showing nothing for it. But probably I'll be, probably lose everything. And I want her in our lives. Just like myself, that as everything is happening around us, sometimes do we lose focus on our eternal home, on where we are going as Christians. That we get hooked up on little battles, little things that are not important really. We are tired, we are panting, we are whining, we are whinging. Little things. And it distracts us from the eternal journey we are on. And so sometimes what we need to do is to look. That before I settle even an argument or settle something. I have to remember, I am of eternity. I am a child of God. I have to give account of my life at the end of it all. And if that's going to happen, then today 
I have to act like one who has to get there. And I just want to remind us this morning, my friends. Let's focus on the journey. Focus where we are going. We will be distracted. And the devil is real because that's what he wants. He'll distract you. He'll send things to distract you. Stay focused. Stay focused. Jesus went. He's coming back. Secondly, God's promises are true. What God promises, he'll see it to pass. We see here the story we've just read. It's happening for the children. If you picture if you were there, you tell your friends, we're going. There's no more slip. We're going, we're going, we're going. It's amazing. But when you look back, you find this promise being fulfilled on this day. Been given years and years and years ago. Genesis 17, 18. God gave this promise to Abraham. He says, the whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I'll give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I'll be their God. Abraham, their forefather, was given this promise. Genesis 48, 3 to 4. The same promise God gives to Jacob. Jacob is Abraham's grandson. Abraham is Isaac's father. Isaac gives birth to Jacob. Jacob is given, reminded of, this, of the same promise, if you like. And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan. And there he blessed me and said to me, I'm going to make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I'll make you a community of peoples and I'll give this land as an everlasting possession to your descendants after you. Same promise. Genesis 12, where we just read. No, Exodus, sorry. Not Genesis. Exodus. The script, the, the passage you just read. God comes to the children of Israel, the descendants of Abraham, descendants of Jacob. And so it's happening. I'm taking you to that land. God's promises are true. What he says will come to pass. Whether we like it or not. Whether we are on board or not. God will honor his word, himself. And for us, probably is to say, what you've promised, my Lord. How high can I go for it? How would I do it, Lord? Instead, we want to know the ins and outs. 
I don't get it. God said it last month. It hasn't happened. I'm backsliding. We are impatient with God. The God who created us is not fast enough for us most of the time. He's not quick enough for us. This is a God who knows your tomorrow, a God who knows your next five years. You don't, but he's forever so slow for us. He promised the children of Israelites. It came to pass. We are talking about it now. We are reading it as history because it has come to pass. The prophets talked about Jesus Christ coming to die for the world. It was a promise. If you look in the Old Testament, they talked about him. They talked about him. He came. Jesus came. He died on the cross. New Testament talks about him walking on this earth. They witnessed him. It came to pass. We just read where he says, I'm going to prepare for you. I'll come back again. It's a promise. Whether we believe it or not, the word of God is true. Jesus is coming back again. He's coming back again. It's a promise. It's a promise. And I wonder what promises God has made to us this morning. As families, what promises has God made? As a church, as individuals, there are so many promises of God in the Bible. We don't have to always wait for someone to prophesy to us, and, which is lovely, though. But if we read this book, there are so many promises of God. So many promises of God. And they will come to pass. But the problem is, if we don't read it, how would we know? We wouldn't. We wouldn't. When God spoke to Abraham, he always talked about, obey me. I promised you this. But walk in my way. To the children of Israel, you read throughout God who say, uphold my standards. Listen to my commandments. Follow me. But he also promises them. Amen. And so, for promises to come to pass, it will take a generation of men and women who are obedient to the word of God. Let's say amen to that. I will repeat it. Requires obedient men and women. Obedient to the word of God. And so let us obey God, my friends. Let us be obedient to God. 
the Israelites, they were given instructions on this night. They were told what to do for them to get out of Egypt. God says to them, if you go back to the passage we read, take a pure lamb. It had to be male, a year old. And I wonder, I don't know, the Bible did not say, if one would have said, no, I don't want a lamb, I'm just going to take the mother who is 50 years old, and I'm just going to sacrifice that. The Bible does not give us an example of that person. But we can think about that. That's defiance and disobedience, isn't it? But he said, take a lamp. It had to be male. Killed on the 14th day. The meat had to be roasted. Do not boil it. Do not eat it raw. Eat it with your clock stacked in, with your sandals on, with your walking stick in your hand. Those were very specific instructions. And we can look at them and wonder why. What's that all about? But you know, God wants us to do something too. To obey him. To listen to what he's saying and say, yeah, we are in this with you together. They had to obey God. And so what you find, the way things happened that night, it required them to be that ready. Because what you read is, what you find is that that night, when the angel of death came, it did come. Pharaoh could not stand it any longer. He woke up at night. He told them, go now. Go now. And if you were someone who had not listened to those instructions and thought, I'm not going to just be ready like everyone else. I'm just going to have a lion. Wake me up when you go. The way they left... It required them to be dressed that way. It required them to eat dressed that way. Because it was a haste. They had to live. But now. They had to obey God. And it turns out obedience worked better for them. It was good for them. There are so many things the Bible talks about. Promises of God that have been made to us. Matthew 7, verse 7 to 8. There are promises there. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. But for something to be given to you, You've got to ask. For you to find, you've got to. For the door to open, you've got to. 
There is a promise. You've got to do something. James 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man or the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised. What's been promised is the crown of? To one who perseveres and stand the test. You cannot get the crown of life. You don't persevere. If you can't stand the test, the crown is not yours. We've got to obey. We've got to obey to do what God asks us to do. And I wonder how many promises God has made to us here. Abraham kept his obedience. Jacob did his best. Their children reaped the rewards. Their descendants. And I wonder what we're doing this morning with what God has promised to us. Are we stopping another generation from enjoying God's goodness because we can't be bothered with obedience? Are we stopping our children from seeing the goodness of God because when it got really tough, we could not persevere. We couldn't stand it. Even God understands. He does. But also, the truth of the matters. We enjoyed it ourselves. We're selfish enough to not want to see others ever. And so in our actions, we are saying, it stops with us. And I wonder what God has promised in your life. If we are doubting the word of God, it's a mistake. What God promises will come to pass. What he say to you, stay the course, my friends. Persevere, it will come to pass. God is faithful. God is faithful. We've got to obey His word, the word of God. I know sometimes we want. To do what we want. We make our own little gospels. And we say, I know God will approve. I know God, God will be good with me. But really a lot of the things that we obey, the things we do. If it's contradicting his word. It's not of God. 
You might as well come clean and say, you know, I've decided to backslide. This is what I want to do. Because time and time again, we've made a mockery of the word of God. The Bible says God is not mocked. He's not mocked. If it contradicts his word, it's not of God. It's not his. And that night, the other instruction God gave them was that smear the blood of the lamp on your doorposts. Why? When I look at that, God loved them so much. He foretells them, I don't want you to die. So for you not to die, put that blood on your doorpost. Because at night when the angel of death comes, you will be saved. Because each door where the angel sees blood, it will pass. So you look, obedience was good for the children of Israel, not for God. Obedience is good for us. It's good for you to obey God. And so what you find is a merciful God. He's loving his people so much. He wants to save them. So he gives them what to serve them with. He tells them how to do it. It's their choice to follow that. Merciful God. The Israelites were saved. They didn't get the sting of death that night. Because their God saved them. The angel of death came. He saw the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. He passed. He passed. A merciful God. A merciful God. John. Chapter 129. So the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Israelites were saved by the blood of the Lamb on their doorposts. John says, he saw Jesus coming. He behold him, he says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. His name is Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the Lamb of the world, of, the, of God, who takes the sins of the world. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away your sins. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away my sins. 
My friends, we cannot make it without Jesus. If there's anyone here today, you don't know Jesus. You could start your own year today by giving your life to God. You can't do it any other way. It might seem you are in control of your life. But as I mentioned earlier, you had nothing to do with your birth. You have nothing to do about the time of the day when you die. You've got no control, my friend. To make it in this world, to make it to eternity, you need Jesus. I need Jesus. And some of us this morning, we might be on the edge of backsliding, giving up. I can't do it. It's not about people. I think it's time we take Christianity seriously. We are serving God. If you are backsliding because God has upset you, it's another story. Go back to you. Some of us are on that edge of, I want to throw it all away. Don't. Don't. Peter, in the book of John 6, I think verse 68, Jesus was speaking to a massive crowd and they all could not get it or it got too much for them. They deserted him. He turns to his 12 and say, are you all going to leave as well? Peter said, no. To whom shall we go? You have got the words of wisdom. And if some of us here, you want to give up, don't. To whom shall we go, my friend? Let's stay in Jesus. He has the words of wisdom. He has the words of life. He holds the world in his hands. The Israelites could not understand probably in their day-to-day -day lives that really what they are fulfilling that night has been spoken to their forefathers, probably they all understood. Some could not probably understand it. But there was a God who is watching over them. Day in, day out. Through the slavery periods. He's watching. He's watching. When they cried to him, he heard. He heard. He knew the time to rescue them. He knew the time to take them to Canaan. He knew we have a God who is watching us. We have a God who is watching us. It might not make sense what's happening in your life, but God has got his eyes on you, my friend. Do not give up. We need Jesus. I need Jesus. The church needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus.
Cambridge need Jesus. Our families need Jesus. We cannot do without Jesus. It is the name we call Jesus. We need him. We need Jesus. I'm just going to call the music team to come back. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1 says, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God. And he turned our house in heaven, not built by human hands. And verse 9 goes on to say, so we make it our goal to please him. Whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each of us may receive what is due us. For the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. I'll repeat that. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. In time... We will appear before Christ. He's coming back again. As we understand that this world is not our home. That every promise of God is true. Everything that God has said, it will come to pass. With or without our consent, with us on board or without us, it will come to pass. We either obey or we are judged. That same night, God is showing mercy to his children. The same night, something happens to the families where the door has got no blood on it. On a door where there was no blood of the lamb on it, the angel of death struck. It will happen. This is the doing of Pharaoh. Pharaoh just gave up. The same night, our God showing his love and mercy to the children of Israel, to the defiant Egyptians. He's a judging God. He's came. He's judging. And so, the same God who is merciful, he asks us to obey. He also tells us that he judges those who go against him. For a long time, God spoke to Pharaoh. Plague after plague, release my people. 
Release my people. Pharaoh did not want to. But it came a point God decides, you know, enough is enough. Then you see me as a judge in God. And there was death in Egypt. My friend, we just read here that we will stand before God giving an account of what we've done in this body. And I wonder that as the angel is passing by, he saw the blood on the door's post. That day when Jesus comes, what will he see in this world? The lamb of the living God? Will he have a sniff of any of his blood in his church? What will he see in the church in Cambridge? Will he see anything familiar to the Lamb of God? Will he look at us and say, yes, 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 I see my church soaked in the blood of the Lamb. I see King's church soaked in the blood of the Lamb. I see you soaked in the blood of the Lamb. And so this morning, my friends, he's asking us that we surrender to the blood of Jesus Christ. That we give it all to the Lamb of God. That we give, we lay our lives to the Lamb of God this morning. Oh, thank you, Jesus. What will he see today? As we sit here this morning, what does this son of God see? What does he see in our lives? If we can all stand. Thank you for listening and we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, Go to www.kingscambridge.org If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.